What's good? What's good? It's your boy Jalen. We back at it with another episode of the Twenty Four Twelve Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Keaton, aka Master. And like Jalen said, we back with another episode, and we have a very special guest today. So Jay, I'm gonna let you go ahead and get right into the intro. Yeah, we got a um, very special guest uh, today. Like um, Keaton said, um, my guest today, he's from Kinston, North Carolina. Um, he's a native from Kinston. Uh, he has his fingers all over the pulse of North Carolina basketball. Uh, he's the founder of um, the Hoop State Network, uh, the Kinston MLK Classic, um, now the Brandon Ingram MLK Showcase. Uh, he was the first non-ownership employee with Ball is Life and is now the acting director of the John Wild Holiday Invitational and also on um, One Entertainment. So we appreciate Mr. Webb Wellman coming on the GOAT, man, uh, North Carolina High School yes, Basketball. Sir. We appreciate you coming on the pod with us. Anyone who understands that one entertainment reference that we already know we got real ones in here. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. All right. Well, we know you from um, Kinston, North Carolina, the 252. Uh, so I just wanted to know, like, what were your experiences growing up in Kinston and attending Parrot Academy? Yeah, I, uh, I went to public school in Kinston until uh, fifth grade. And then I went over to Parrot with the plan of just like doing middle school over there and then switching back to Kinston. Um, once we got over there, I guess it got too comfortable and we stayed. But my uh, my basketball experience was uh, kind of developed throughout, you know, playing rec ball at Fairfield, um, playing at the Salvation Army. I played with them on some travel ball stuff, always in mock gym, um, was kind of moving around, playing outside as much as possible, whatever rec leagues, uh, what's that school out there is it south southwest is is where a bunch of pickup happens out out on the outskirts i might be getting the school name wrong but it's uh they still use it out there i know newsy was working out there not too long ago years ago whatever but uh yeah playing at mock gym and and, uh i grew up with anthony bruton playing a lot with anthony bruton um that's kind of where i developed my passion for the game was just nonstop 21 games at mock Oh, yeah, man. That Kinston basketball scene is crazy. Like you mentioned, everybody's just growing up, playing in local community centers around there. Um, so what around what um, year were you like in Kinston, like coming up, like specifically, uh, like what basketball talent did you play with like that people might know of? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I graduated in 2005. Um, my high school, by far my best high school teammate was Claude Shields, who's the coach at at peace now the uh athletic director over at peace um at kinston probably the best player coming through during my time was michael jenkins um and then uh at north lenore uh justin dunn was, yeah. was kind of the guy everyone yeah. talked about <laughs> yeah. at the time um i got to play with justin the barnstorming tour came to North Lenore my year, uh, it was Wes Miller. It's the year they won. So none of their top guys. It was like Wes Miller and Melvin Scott and uh, some of those guys. And, and me and Justin got to team up there. It was the first time I had played in front of like a sold-out crowd. And uh, me and him, me and him kind of bonded during that game. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, sounds like it, man. That's back when, you know, North Lenore basketball was more – on the rise, especially with Justin Dunn out oh, there. Oh, yeah, no, the North Lenore-Kinston games back then were like, you know, what you see us do now with all these big time rivalries. It was like, you might as well call it Kinston Farmville. Like it was, it was a big deal. It was hard to get into. It was, um, it was fun. 
For sure. Gyms be packed, man, especially in North and North. You had to get a couple hours early and be hot up it's in there. It's a long time. It's like, y'all <laughs> stop wooden, all that There was the, the wooden bleachers and, uh, and then with some casuals <laughs> waiting to have it on them bleachers. Do y'all remember a kid named Josh Kennedy, by chance? That name it sounds made, very familiar. It, it does so, sound very familiar. So Josh went to Parrot with me for a minute. Uh, he's a white dude, talked a lot of trash. He got kicked out of Parrot. And went to North Lenore for a short time and then transferred to South Lenore. And the our senior year, I was at one of their games when they played back at North Lenore. You know, North Lenore, especially back then, had a big student section. Oh, yeah. Josh hits a three in that corner. He's lighting them up. So I'm talking about Josh Kennedy and Paul Novicki on that South Lenore team was like <laughs> next level. Josh was lighting them up for like 30 plus hits a three in the corner, turns around and gives them, bo- gives them both fing- middle fingers <laughs> in the middle of a high school game. No technical. They didn't stop the game. It just kept going. It was, I love it. It was unbelievable. He was a menace. <laughs> I like it. You <laughs> wouldn't even let that fly nowadays. You'd oh, no. 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 I don't even think the refs can believe what had just happened. They were like, what? They was just caught up in the it's moment. Like, like, we can't believe they yeah, just Yeah, like, it, it didn't feel real. It was it was awesome. I, I, back in the day, I wish, like, I had my camera on the courts for stuff like that. Right. <laughs> so, well, after after going to Parrot Academy, uh, you attended NC State and uh, left there. And we just wanted to know what made you leave NC State and want to start up your uh, your one entertainment. I was uh, I was floating. Like in college, I was I, I went to college because that's what you do, right? Like my grades were good enough. I got into schools. You go to college. That's just what happens. But like my mind wasn't on like why am I taking these basic like. English, Spanish, chemistry, like, what am I, what am I doing? And, um, I wanted, I didn't want to quit. So I stuck with it until I kind of figured out, like, I'm going to waste a lot of time and money doing this. Like if my heart's not in it. Um, so when I started a business and I saw the vision of like what it could be and a path for how I could like make enough money to get me to that point, then, you know, I figured I'd back, you can always go back. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I backed out and, and the business, um, saw success within the first year and it just, it never made sense to go back. There was a point when I was working with John where I started taking some wake tech classes just to, just to prove that I could do it. And, uh, I made a couple A's and some business classes and I was like, okay, I, yep, I get it. Um, you know, let me get back to work. So, um, the good thing about going to NC state was it got me to Raleigh. And getting me to Raleigh is what kind of opened my eyes to the basketball scene. Cause, cause again, like there's a big difference in Justin Dunn and Mike Jenkins and, and all that. And then going and watching John Wall and CJ Leslie and JT Terrell and all these dudes, Brian Kelly all play on the same team, like putting on a highlight reel. That was when I went from like, Oh, high school basketball and like future pros is, is there's, a whole nother ball game and so that that the business kind of started chasing um the guys who people would want to see um before they're going to see them anyway basically oh what, what year did you uh start uh one entertainment um i want to say the llc was filed in had to be 2007 because that's when the youtube channel started the official business where it was like we were really trying to do something with it probably wasn't until I got involved with John, which would have been um, from a business standpoint, 2008. 
back during the early years of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, YouTube started in 07, right? Like I didn't yeah. even know that when I signed up for it, I was unaware that like I, this brand to me, it was just a place you could put videos, whatever videos you wanted, however you wanted. And so at first the business was like, all right, I'm going to do what I did at Parrot. I'm going to film the football games in this case, basketball. I'm going to make highlight tapes of the kids and I'm going to sell them back to the parents. And that was how I made my first bit of money at Parrot was every parent at Parrot who has a kid playing football who gets minutes was buying that tape. <laughs> and the price point could have been whatever. You know what I mean? Like right. it, it was, it wasn't a realistic business market, but it was the first time I was like, I, I shot this, I created it and now I'm selling it and I'm receiving money for my work. I was like, Oh, you know, I can make money from things I love to do. Um, and so that idea carried into the the basketball when I was in college, because playing for me was no longer an option. So when I saw John and that team, it then shifted again to like, all right, well, instead of making videos for players and selling them back, I'm going to try to put out videos of players people want to see. I can help build their brands as players. I can help build my brand by getting views. I'll give myself two years to see if anything happens. And then in that second year, that's when I was approached by Ball is Life and kind of merging together made way more sense for getting to where we wanted to go. Yeah, I know that was like a dream for you, man, just to make money off something that you love to do, like a hobby for you. And like, I know you're passionate with sports, so that's definitely, I know, a dream for you. Yeah, it, you know, it, it is now, right? But I'll be honest, like, and I don't, I don't want to get it twisted for people. Cause like, it's easy to be like, Oh, don't go to college do your own thing. But like, it's the, the issue is, is like, it will always be a struggle. Like there will always be the fear of someone pulling the rug out from under you. And you know what I mean? So like in those yeah. early days, you got to keep in mind, like now everyone has a camera and everyone's right. doing these videos. But when we started, everyone looked at us like, what are y'all the internet? What are y'all doing? <laughs> like, what is the you make money off of this? Like, what is it? So my whole shtick was like, I was trying to handle it professionally. So people wouldn't look at us crazy. Cause again, you got to think like, we're going to a bunch of private schools and stuff too. It's like, who are these 20 year old dudes on the baseline with these video cameras? Again, where like you tell them you're putting it on YouTube. That would be like us today. Be like, I'm making an NFT with it. Be like, <laughs> yeah. what does that mean? What do you do? What does that mean? So it, it was a struggle and it was scary once I joined and the reason I joined with Ball is Life was because the pathway to monetization was a lot faster and a lot easier and with options attached to it. You know, even now running the hoop state, like the biggest challenge we'll always have for the history of owning a media company will be creating stuff that advertisers would want to put money behind. And, and that's we we make dope content. We've been doing that. The challenge now is making it valuable enough and seen enough that people want to attach their brand names to it and, and do work with us. Yeah, that's a cool story, man. Yeah, we appreciate that because um, we definitely be following the Hoop State on IG and stuff. So y'all content is very dope. I like how y'all follow all the like talent in North Carolina with the local high school products and just, you know, giving them a platform, putting them out there. Yeah, the IG, I got to shout out young boy Max. Max, uh, Max Shidey, I probably pronounced his name wrong. He gets mad at me when I do that, but <laughs> he's a 20 year old kid. He runs, he does heads up pretty much all our content and does everything on our Instagram. Um, he took our Instagram from like 30,000 to 50,000 in like mm. a month's time. Um, he's a beast. 
We also appreciate the story because of the, the motivation since we're like, we're just here starting our own thing with the podcast with our producer, Jay Trinity and his company. So yeah, it was a, it's a good story to hear from motivation. Yeah. Just don't, the, the, the thing to keep in mind with entrepreneurship at any level is like, you're signing up for the highs and lows, right? Like there's not going to be as much middle, but you're going to get some really high highs and you're going to go through some really low lows. And if you stick it out, you'll bond together. And you'll also feel like every time I go through a dip, I'm like, yeah, but anytime I get down here again, like this is easy work now. You know what I mean? And so you're going to don't kind of the best advice I could give you guys is like no timeline, right? Like I gave myself two years, but I got lucky. You know what I mean? And if that two years had to come up and nothing had popped off, to be honest with you, I wasn't quitting. I was going to keep going until I, you know. At this point now, I'm going to go till the wheels fall off. It's just what I've decided to do. So if that's the decision you guys make, just understand there's going to be times where you want to quit and give up. And it's like, what's the point of this? If you love doing it, keep doing it. And at some point, no matter when you think it's going to be, there'll be a breakthrough moment. And you're like, here we go. Now now we're cooking. Yeah, that's true. It's all about sticking it out, just doing something you love. Yep. Look at Brian Hanks. Brian Hanks is a great example. Brian Hanks has found jobs that he's loved and communities that he's wanted to be in for his entire career. That doesn't mean his entire career has been roses and it's been lovely. He's gone through highs and he's gone through lows, but I guarantee he'll tell you he's lived an amazing professional life. You know, and that's what I feel like too. Like I've got a lot to go. I feel like we're just getting started. But even if my, my basketball career ended, my content creation career ended today, like, dude, I had about a 15 year run, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it was, I've done some really cool stuff and I've been some really cool places. And if it all ended tomorrow and I'm selling insurance at state farm, like I, I'm still, <laughs> I'm pretty happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know you mentioned you had a, had a great run so far and you met some amazing people along the way. So I got to ask you, how did you meet John Wall? And do you have like any crazy stories that you can share with us about John Wall? Do I have crazy stories? Yes. Can I share them with y'all? I don't, most of them probably not, but I'll, I'll give that some thought. Um, what happened was when I was going to start my business that I did with the football on the basketball side, I needed reels, right? Like I need to be able to show people what I could do. So I filmed a project with middle Creek at the time. Their best player was a kid named Garius Adams who went on to play at a bunch of different colleges. I think he ended at Miami. And I want to say he works in the NBA now. I, he was with the Lakers. I don't know if he still is. But um, they were not fun to watch, but they were good. So, like, no dunks, no, like, crazy plays. It was regular basketball. Um, I heard that there was a basketball tournament happening at Reynolds Coliseum. This was the Bob Gibbons at the time. And uh, Reynolds was like I could walk to it from my apartment. So I snuck in a side door. I filmed this game that was supposed to have like a top ranked player from Raleigh in the game. Uh, I put my brother in the rafters with a camera. I went to the floor and just acted like I knew what I was doing. And uh, we filmed one game. There was like 15 dunks. It was kid got dropped. John threw it off the backboard to himself. It was ridiculous. And uh, there was like, if, if you guys have ever like know anything about AAU, like every AAU event is like a media packet. Oh yeah. In the media packet, there's all the rosters and the coaches' information, email, all that stuff. So I like to say I liberated one of those, which just means I stole one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I walked out with it, and I made a two minute video. I put it on YouTube. I went to the email address of the coach of the team, and I sent him the link. I was like, "Hey, just wanted to show you this. I made this." He was like, uh, 
what's your phone number? He emailed me back almost immediately. What's your phone number? My brother's going to call you. Uh, his brother was Brian Clifton, who ran John's stuff for a while um, before he could turn pro. And, and Brian, I was 20 years old at the time. Brian called me and was like, hey, man, I can't pay you, but I can pay for you if you want to go with us to all these events. This was like summer stuff into the season with Word of God. And I was like, yeah, 100% I'm doing that. So I traveled around with them, um, filmed one of the most ridiculous AAU runs I've ever seen in Vegas, um, had my bag full of equipment stolen from me day two of that event. Go go talk about highs and lows. Um, an event I was not being paid to be at. Uh, figured that out, made it work. And uh, I'll be honest, like ever since that time, and all players are different, but John looked at me like, well, they wouldn't bring him around me if he wasn't trustworthy. And from day one, John and his mom, you know, God rest her soul, they both treated me like family, you know, up to today. Um, And so I just, I didn't, you know, I remember telling my dad at the time, like, I don't know what's going to happen here. I have no idea but I'm in, I'm all in and whatever happens, like I'm riding it out. And, uh, the thing with, this was my first year in it. There's no experience that you can get for being within the inner circle of the number one player in the country. At the time I watched, I got the truth about recruiting. I got to know how exposure works, how agents work, how I, I, I saw the whole thing, how to do it and how not to do it. And at the time, I was mouth shut, eyes and ears open, and I paid attention to everything. And um, I think that's a lot of the benefit is I got a real-life education in, in, in basketball, in the industry of basketball. And uh, a lot of it is things that you would hear and be like, oh, yeah, that's a good story, but that's not – yeah, it's like, yeah, but it's all real, and now I know it. And then um, – crazy story. This isn't really, this isn't really that crazy, but it is a moment where I reflected on like what life am I in? Like where it felt like a simulation, uh, 2016 Drake is doing a concert in DC with future. Um, (laughs) we watched the show me, John, and one of his security guards, John's like, come with me. And we go, because we're in, we're at, in D.C. So, like, he plays, I don't remember what it was called at the time, Verizon Center probably. That's his arena. So, like, he knows how to get around or whatever. Yeah. So, we go from our box. We're going lower and lower. And I don't, I have, I don't ask questions. I just, I'm just following with the camera in my hand. And uh, we go through this thick security and they try to stop me, which always happens. That's not, nothing new <laughs> for me. And uh, John's like, no, he's good. Come on. And the dude's just like, don't film anything. I was like, okay. And we go through (laughs) and it's, um, we go into this dressing room and it's Drake watching a Conor McGregor fight on the big screen in his dressing room or green room or whatever you would call it. And he walks over and like daps everybody up, says what's up, and then they go back and watch the fight. We sat there and watched the rest of the fight. It's, and it's not just it's like you know several people in there, but just watching the fight and like we just it was just a moment where I'm like this, like who two truths and a lie. I watched a, a Conor McGregor fight with Drake. But how many people can Man, say does that? that? Seem real? Yeah, yeah, like, that doesn't seem that real. That doesn't seem real. <laughs> and so there, there's been several moments like that where it was nothing I did to put me there, but um, just trusting him and believing in him and 
riding the wave, <laughs> um, it put me in some really cool situations. Man, that's wild. In the same room with Drake is crazy. That is wild. That's <laughs> my boy. Yeah, it was. Yes. Again, I, maybe if I ever meet you guys off camera, I'll yeah. tell you more funny ones. But yeah. yeah, it's probably best for everyone if we just zip those yeah. up right now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a cool story, man. But uh, yeah, it's real dope. You was able to meet John Wall and basically just see him evolve as a player and his career becoming a professional in the NBA and stuff like that. But I remember watching John Wall play when he was in high school at Word of God. Man, he's probably, if not the best, one of the best high school basketball players I ever seen play in person. Like it was wild. The the thing I can say because that the, those arguments are always had, and it's like a hard one because it's based on position. What I'll say is, is like I've been doing this for fifteen years on the national level. I've seen almost all the number one draft picks play since that time. John was the most unguardable basketball player I have ever seen. People would be like, he make him shoot. Why would you shoot if you can shoot layups every single play? Exactly. And teams would yell at him to go right. Make him go right. He's right-handed. <laughs> he's right-handed. He finishes with his left more often, which is hilarious, but he's right-handed. So please make him go right. But yeah, it was fun. And again, y'all got to keep in mind, this is my first year covering like big time national basketball. So like my standard of this era of high school basketball was one team of John Wall, Des Wells, Bishop Daniels, CJ Leslie. Unbeatable. What? <laughs> yes. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. And they didn't win the state championship. And they lost 11 games. They don't even sound right. No, coaching matters is what I was no, saying. For sure. About that. We, we, we know for sure coaching definitely matters. Coaching matters. And again, that's no knock to the coaches then. It's just like he was coaching a college team. That they needed a college style coach, and they that they just weren't ready for how good they were about to be. But yeah, that's one thing people will never know about that team. They lost eleven games that year. Man, that shows us how much the talent level was too. Like in the area, in the state of North Carolina, and the teams they were they were playing for them to lose eleven. High school had all three Plumley brothers that year. Mm. Three seven foot brothers <laughs> on one team, tough. and a guard who ended up going to USC who was just as good as everybody else like it was yeah it was a time it was a great time to start i would liken it to if anyone started now they started in 2016 and they got to see dennis and harry and bam and all those guys it's like that'll jade your approach to the game if like that's how that's what you think the standard is exactly but man with john once again like i know he went to kentucky did that catch you off guard that he chose kentucky over stand in the state of north carolina and playing for unc duke or north carolina state so I, the answer to that question is I was like, I was in the know. So like, I, I kind of was aware of how this was going to go. Um, I'll say three things about his recruiting. One, all Carolina had to do was make a phone call. That's all they had to do. They just had to make, talk to one guy, one guy. That's it. They never even made the call. So Man. that was silly of them. Um, the other thing I'll say is, is Duke was a lot closer than you would think. And if you ask John today what the best decision he made for himself, the best solo decision he ever made, he'll tell you it was going to college at Kentucky and not staying close to home. Yeah. And, and I'll say this, and, and I don't know if you would agree with it or not, but I'm really glad Bam did not go to NC State. 
Bam making the decision to go to Kentucky is why he was a one and done, and now he's an NBA All-Star. If C.J. Leslie had maybe gone to Kentucky, you might be talking about two guys on that team that are now currently in the NBA. Because, again, like coaching matters. It all affects your your approach, your perception, um, your work ethic. Like sometimes being a player's coach is not what the players really need. That's true. Like you said with coaching, I'm not the biggest Kentucky fan, but John Calipari, you can't deny it. He does an amazing job at just developing talent and getting them ready for the next level. Well, that's what he'll tell you his job is. If you ask Calipari, what's your job? He's not going to say to win championships. He's going to tell you his job is to turn as many of his kids into professional athletes as fast as possible. And that shows every that's year. Where college is, that, that's he, where he college is it. headed anyway. Right. He does it for sure. So when you look at it like that, he's he's done a great job at it. That's right. Yep. Every year in the draft, who, which school usually had the most first-round picks? And most time it's Kentucky or Duke for the most part. Well, and it's balancing out now, right? But think about yeah. it. Like, he led the wave of that. For like four right. years or so, five years, you he was unstoppable on the recruiting trail. You could not people had to adapt to his style. Duke started doing it. Duke didn't used to do Carolina and Duke used to nah, not take one and done. They didn't either. At all. They used to get the four year guys. All Duke, the time. Duke went from one side all the way to the other. Like, we'll take all the one and done. You can play you can play here for eight games. We don't care. Come on, Kyrie. I don't care. Come on. Eight games. It's fine. <laughs> See how that's been working, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like, but, but my point just being like Calipari set the trend. He was he was ahead of where things were headed. And, you know, so a lot of college coaches, I think if college programs heard a college coach say they don't care about championships, they'd run them out of town. Yeah. But if you produce as many pros and as many number one picks as that man, you kind of let it go. Like, yeah, we'll get one. That's kind of, I think that's kind of their approach. We'll have a year. We'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. Especially with the way college game is going now with the NIL deals and all that stuff. Guys trying to make it pro as fast as they can. can. So that's definitely the move. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay off the NIL conversation because I think I, it's probably a deeper conversation than we want to have right now. But I think NIL in college, I'm starting to believe that it's just a way, another way for colleges to be able to scam kids by using inflated numbers that they can't guarantee. Didn't think about it like that. that that's definitely a conversation. You can come to yeah. USC. We, we'll make you $2 million in NILs. Well, you haven't. That's a – you're guessing you'd be able to do that. You Now you got to go find that money. That's yeah, not like money have, that's waiting for you. Like the kids have to go out and get like their own endorsements and stuff just to – Or the endorsements they get, they're going to have to perform in a way where the companies that are paying are like, yes, I want more of this, please. Think about all those Bojangles chicken sandwich advertisements that players were doing. Who is watching a kid sit in his car <laughs> eating a chicken sandwich and being like, ooh, I really want to go get one of those? There was no advertise, there was no marketing plan behind it. You know what I mean? So it's like it, it's a game they can play, but now if you notice, you'll see recruitment sites site start putting kids NIL value. That's a guess. That's someone making a guess. When a colleges are recruiting you now, they're gonna tell you that your value at their university is X amount. It's a guess. Great point. You know what I mean? It's just it's another way yeah, it to is. scam. Once you get them on campus, they're there now. Exactly. Yeah, they can't go nowhere. We tried. You know, people. We do. You know, we didn't think you're you're not playing as good as we thought. That would help. Like it, they can. There's so many ways to like sell it. Once you you just got to get them on campus. Once they're there, they're there. Yep. It's kind of stuck. Sound like the NFL. <laughs> when, once you once they done with you, just cut. Right, and that's why. Like, hopefully, with what we do, and, and we haven't started it yet, but it's like something me and one of my business partners rod rod bridgers is talking about is like we should be able to help provide consultation to kids 
as they're coming up. We can educate them on the NIL process. We can sample them into it with merchandise or connecting them with small businesses or, and us helping create the content that'll be the marketing tools. There's a bunch of different, you know, if you, if you start to get recruited, what are the red flags? What do coaches say to you that are, that are true and not true? What should you be looking for? What's your right level? Well, now you're pro. Who should run your money? What kind of agent should you have? How should you handle your manager? Who should train you? Like there's so many questions that if you're not like an educated parent that's been through it, how would you know? And those are the parents that get taken advantage of. You know what I mean? So we're, we're trying to enhance some of the education side of our business. Um, Ray Masonette is starting something. Uh, it's called Parental Advisory. Well, he'll provide like it's basically a podcast doing interviews with people that can help parents educate themselves on the recruiting process so they don't get taken advantage of. So they spend their money in a smart way. You know, investing something into your kids recruiting might make sense if it means it's going to result in maybe you don't have to pay for them to go to college. But there's not a lot, you know, y'all know, there's not a lot of those scholarships left. It's all a game. And without education, you, I mean, how would anyone know how to navigate that? That's true. Very true. We had a prime example of that. It was, uh, what's the name of uh, Gigi Jackson? They posted went to UNC, then ended up flipping to uh, South Carolina at the last minute, mainly because of money. That's where I came from with that $2 million. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they told Gigi Jackson in South Carolina his evaluation is $2 million. That could be true. He's from around there. He has pro potential. Like, if they're a championship, a national championship. But that's my saying. Like, for him, his value would be $2 million. That is best case scenario, right? He's, he's the potential. Like, for that to happen, he'd have to be the consensus number one draft pick. They would have to win the national championship. They would have to be in a dominant top five position most of the season. He would have to be really, really good on camera, really personable. Lots of meet and greets, lots of autograph signings, lots of dealership uh, events. Like it, 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 it w- when there's money involved, you know, you always see players talk about they don't have a lot of time. Well, if somebody's paying you, you're going to be adding to the time you have to spend doing other things because with money comes responsibility. I don't care who you are, where you are. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I would look for Gigi Jackson to be taking minimal class credits and <laughs> maximum NIL opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after you, uh, your first two years on YouTube, you said, uh, you uploading videos, you said uh, you ended up being with Baller's Life because of the monetization the way it was easier. So just wanted to ask, how was it being the first non-ownership employee of Baller's Life? Uh, I was definitely skeptical. Because this was, you know, I knew of them, but I didn't know these guys. They're on the opposite coast of me. Um, I had built something that still had potential of where I am. For example, like, let's be clear. If I had started the Hoop State Network in 2007, and I had actively been working on that since then, it would be different. But the state of North Carolina would have been better off. We would have built a lot of what we're building to. We would have been we would have been doing it for a decade now. Um, but what Ball is Life did was it gave me a bigger stage. I got to network with different people. I got to travel all across the country. I was literally gone more during the week than I was home, which at that time in my life was perfect. Um, I knew the money was good even at the time I joined. Right, I wanted to know what the plan with the brand name was because the brand name was Gold One Entertainment was the worst name in the history of the universe, <laughs> and I picked. Because it was supposed to be more than just basketball. 
like I was supposed to branch that into a bunch of different verticals to create a bunch of different production type businesses, you know, drone real estate business, uh, shooting dance and cheerleading recitals. Cause there's a bunch of money in it, basketball, football, whatever. Um, with ball is life. The brand name was no one knew what that was yet. And the brand name was so good. I wanted to hear them tell me about merchandise. I wanted them to tell me about events. I wanted them to tell me about partnerships. I wanted them to tell me about travel expenses. Like I wanted to know everything and all the answers were what I wanted to know. And they weren't looking for a video guy. They were looking for a partner. And um, that's what I could provide for them. Um, And again, it goes back to the beginning. Like I think my biggest value was I treated this like a business. Everyone else was out here treating it like a hobby and they looked like they were treating it like a hobby. I, I was coming in shake. Like if I came to an event and I would suggest everyone do this, every event I went to for the first time, I'm finding the director of the event. I'm shaking, introducing myself to him, shaking his hand and, or, or her and thanking them for allowing me to be there. And also always offering up. Cause guess what? If you offer, Hey, let me know if there's anything I can do for you after the event. If you're needing this footage or you, Guess how many times people ask you for that? Never. But they always remember you offering it. Right? It's like we're, we're in the internet age where people don't be personable anymore. There is so much value in shaking, giving somebody a, 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 a firm handshake, looking them in their eyes, introducing yourself. They will take you so much more seriously from that point on. Um, so, yeah. I don't remember what the question was. I, you, you guys are letting me rant, but that, <laughs> that's what my answer is. It's, it's all good. We're, we're getting some, some good information out from you, so it's, it's all good. Yeah, I'm just glad I'm not boring y'all at this point, to be honest. Oh, no. You I good. love talking about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like what you're saying, though. It is, it's all about making connects, man, and just meeting new people out here to like try to make it to the top. So I definitely agree. Well, and honestly, like that's one part about college I didn't even think about, and I should have. Like the one thing I'll say about college that you won't be able to get anywhere, whether it's professionally or socially, or is the, the, the connections and the network. And like, if you're going to be at a place with tons of other people, you'd be silly not to be meeting as many people. You don't know who's going to be who. You don't know who's headed where, who's going to do what, when your paths are going to cross again. Like, you know, that was, I used college as a, a social experiment. And I treated my basketball, every gym, basketball, anything I went to, I was, that was my career. And it was more important than anything. But then, you know, at the college side, I I should have been meeting people to network more so than meeting people to hang out with and like, you know, have fun with, if that makes any sense. There's a, especially in North Carolina, like if you go to a school with a basketball program, you should be doing everything you can to be as connected to that basketball program as possible. You don't know where the managers are going, where the coaches are going, the assistant coaches are going, player development coaches are going to play like the the possibilities are endless. True, yeah. That, that social life, man, going to school, especially that first year, definitely can catch up to you. <laughs> I, I would imagine even me being on this podcast right now, this has to be connected to Brian Hanks, right? Yes, sir. Sure it is. Yeah, same thing. It, it, you guys mentioned, or however it works, he knowing him, he probably mentioned me to y'all, and you're like, yeah, we'll have him. And then he asked me, and I'm like, yeah, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Like that's that's the network. And same, like after we get off of here. Now you got, anytime you ask me for anything, if I can make it happen, I will. Like that's good people meeting good people usually yields pretty good results. So we, we definitely, we definitely appreciate these opportunities that we're getting. It's kind of, kind of surreal. Even interviewing you is surreal right now. Well, it shouldn't be because I should be one of those guys that like you could reach out to. Like I'm not unreachable. I'm not like, 
I protect my energy and, and I'm very smart about what I do and when I do it, but I'm also not afraid to say no. If I can't do something, I'm the same guy that'll be like, hey, y'all, I'm, I can't. You know, I'm sorry, but I just, this is, I can't right now. And, but if I have somebody that can, I'll be like, hey, hit, hit this person or try this person or whatever. You know what I mean? So, yeah, net, networking, especially if you're not going to have a college degree, networking is priority number one. Definitely, definitely, definitely. But man, we know you got a lot of experience, like uh, working all these tournaments and creating different uh, events for like um, high school players. So we just want to know, like, what's your experience being on the board of directors for the Holiday Invitational? Yeah, so I, uh, John's senior year, it was the 2008 Holiday Invitational. They actually hired some random guy to make a video before the event, and that guy just ripped all my footage and made his video. <laughs> and so I hit up Brian Hanks cause he was the director that year for the first year. And I'm like, Hey man, what's good with this? And he got the director to reach out to me and the director was like super apologetic. And that opened the door. Like once I was at the event that year, the director came up to me and said, Hey, like, why don't you just work? Like, why don't you just do this? Like what, just work with us. I was like, yeah, of course. I'm already going to be here. I'm already going to do the videos. Like, it might as well be in collaboration with you guys. So, by year three, I was helping pick the teams. Um, and then by, I think, year five, I was on the board um, overseeing everything. And I want to be very clear because that board of directors does a ton of stuff. My job on that board of directors is to put on the best basketball tournament possible. They give a lot of money away, they do a lot of scholarships, they do a lot of fundraising, a lot of events. Um, everyone at the board, uh, you know, our president, Rudy, Tammy Jones, everyone over there kills it. They do a great job. So I definitely don't want to make it seem like, but when it comes to the basketball, that's myself and Bill Sewell. And, um, that's kind of our job is, is to keep it relevant. Um, I got John involved as the title sponsor, um, as soon as our contract was done with capital broadcasting, which is high school OT. Um, John saw it. I told him what it could be. He agreed on the spot. I mean, it was a no brainer. And then now, yeah, it's, you know, I, I enjoy the, the puzzle, you know, we put on between what I do to help Phenom hoops, our own events with the hoop state. And then the John wall, I put on events from the middle of November until M through MLK weekend. Um, after that too, if you include our hoop state championships and our all-star weekend and all that kind of stuff. So the puzzle isn't just the John Wall. The puzzle is the John Wall and then all the local teams that are in the John Wall, having them in all these other events, putting all the pieces together, creating the best matchups is how I spend, I'd say, half my year. Like as soon as the John Wall is over, we're calling teams for next year. Like I don't mean I don't mm -hmm. mean like, oh, next month. Like, no, like January 2nd, I'm like on the phone, like, hey, what are you guys doing next year? Yeah, I know. I was going to ask you about it, too. Like what goes into trying to recruit and bring some of these teams in down in North Carolina? Because I know y'all get like some of the best of the best um, high school teams. In the teams in North Carolina are easy. Um, and I say that only because like everyone here knows what it is. Right. If, if you get invited to that tournament, you would be silly not to play. It. Right. I, I mean, it is an experience there. We're not the only great high school basketball tournament, but I've been to all of them. Literally, I've been to all of them and you will not get the experience you get at Broughton high school nope. or the holiday invitation or anywhere else. And, um, I want Brewster's coach spoke to it a few years ago in the post game presser. He's like, I've been doing this for 17 years. I've never experienced anything like this in my life. Like this is his quote was, they call this the hoop state for a reason. Like, and, and it was, that man did not need to say that 
the, the event was over. You know what I mean? They yeah. won like, he, he, but it speaks to what it is. So the local teams, they're calling us at this point. Um, there's not a lot of local teams we miss on. Like this year, we don't have Jaron Stevenson. The only reason we don't is because their AD thought they could play at Chick-fil-A and us at the same time. It was just a mistake. Um, all the other local talent we have. And then on the national scale, it's not as fun of a game to play because the same teams we want, everybody wants. Um, I'll say the beauty and the curse is North Carolina is such a big deal. Everyone wants our players. So, like the year we got Montverde, we got Montverde because uh, Dayron Sharp went there. I was definitely about to bring that up because you and Mr. Sewell definitely were doing a good job because seeing him, Kay, and Scotty and Kaminga play that year was a very good experience. Well, and again, I'll say it was it was fun for everyone to experience it. But if we're being honest, and this is the only time I'll say this, that was that team was too good to be there. Yeah. There was no competitive yeah. game for them to be had. So, so it was fun. And, and again, here's the cool thing. Here's the way I look at it. People that went and saw Montverde play that year, they got to witness arguably the best high school basketball team that has ever been assembled. They got to see it in person, live, downtown Raleigh. So, so and, and again, I'm, I can't release any of them this year, but w- when y'all see the field this year, it's going to be back to like, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> we got to go. Uh, um. All I'll say is, is, is there going to be a lot of California flavor at this year's John Wall? Ooh, okay. I'm okay. liking where this is headed. I'm liking that, too. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be so good. It's our 50th year anniversary, so we're going um, to make it count. Oh, yeah. We, we try to make sure we be there every year. Me and Keaton went this past year. I know we got moved to um, Wait Tech. Uh, do you know like what? Yeah, let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's super easy. Super easy to talk about. So the options were we don't do it or we do it at Wake Tech. And I didn't want the event to be out for two years if we could do it. Even if it was like a different version of it. I didn't I wanted to give the fans something. The problem was at Wake uh, at uh Broughton, and it was above them, it was Wake County Schools, because of COVID and everything happening. They just, if we were allowed to have all the fans or we were not allowed to have any of the fans, the price point for the gym was the same. That's kind of crazy. Mm. No, no, it's very crazy. It's but crazy. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a monopoly, right? Yeah, like right. if that's what they want to do, they have every right to do it. And again, all crazy decisions were still trying to be made under the idea of keeping everybody safe. So totally cool with that. But paying the amount of money and then not being able to have any fans there, it, we would have broken ourselves. Um, so if the option was don't do it or do it and wait again, wake tech was awesome. Like they, whatever we needed, however we wanted to do it. Like they, they brought us in with open arms. I would suggest anyone who needs to do an event that needs a space that they can provide. Wake tech is the place. They are awesome. But if we're being honest, home, home will always be brought the, the plan was never mm-hmm. to leave Broughton, And that's why like, we'll, you know, unless something absolutely crazy happens, the the plan is to be right back at Broughton again. It was crazy because this past year when we went, the energy it was it was even though it wasn't in Broughton, it was still kind of the same. Even when we got to see Hansel Emanuel play, it was in that uh, it, the energy was still the same for sure. Well, we still had great teams and we still had great matchups. It was just, I'll be honest with you too. It's like it's a combination of everything. The space has to be big enough. The people can't wait too long in line outside. The prices for food and beverage inside can't be too high. You, 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 the DJ has to be playing the right style of music. Yeah. <laughs> and what I, even what I mean by that is like, 
I'm a trap rap dude. I love music that makes me want to fight people, but that's probably not, not the type of vibe yeah. <laughs> in a packed gym full of people. And again, like that's if you don't, that's a micromanaging thing. But that's with that many people that that's where we're at. So it's again that goes back to the puzzle. What's fun to me about the whole event space is putting the puzzle together for what creates a great event. Creating sellout events is is so hard and I'm trying to make that the standard for me and what I do. And the wall is the easiest place to do that. Kinston has been great with that as well. There's other opportunities for us to do that elsewhere. Good guys versus cancer on the outer banks. That's been one of those for us too. So I just, I want to create, um, experiences. I want people to leave our stuff and it be what they talk about on Monday at work or what they're on Twitter blasting off about on Sunday. I, and that goes into like this year, you guys are going to see what year before COVID our year two plan was like, there's going to be a lot of content telling stories about these games. Like I want to take the UFC approach where there aren't teams that are playing each other in these primetime games where you don't go into the game knowing exactly why you should care about it. Who are the players? What are the storylines? Who transferred from where? Why is he go here now? Now they're playing each other. The coach said what? Like, I want all that. I want all that. And people are afraid to do it because they think it creates this um, this environment that's not conducive for these kids. But y'all grew up just like I did. Kids are competitive. Basketball players are competitive. And at the end of the day, we're all looking to have fun. Have your moment. You know what I mean? Like, if anyone plays basketball, you're going to get crossed. You're going to get dunked on. You're going to shot. You're going to hit a shot you shouldn't hit. You're going to get the crowd going. It's that's the beauty of the game. You know, and if there's cameras there to show it, get ready because you're going to see the bad. But anytime it's good, people are going to see that, too. Just ride the wave. It goes back to what we talked about earlier. Yeah, we definitely need the the uh, WWF '90s Attitude Era promos for these matchups because it's like if there's not a story, why would why like, even though it's hey, just basketball, hey, Eli, stories. Ellis. <laughs> Eli Ellis is will gladly be the heel of the Hoop State. He will he will gladly that story I told you about Josh Kennedy and the, that's Eli Ellis's energy. That's his spirit animal. Uh, so you say uh, about the having moments and the experience. Uh, just like uh, Mount Verde came, literally when K hit the East Bay, I think it was between the legs, dunk in the game. That was my first time seeing one in person. And literally when Jalen dropped me off to my house that night, I literally went on the Ballers Life YouTube page and watched that same exact moment. Just because it was <laughs> so. The first East Bay you ever saw was done in person by a number one NBA draft pick on the best high school basketball team ever assembled at one of the best high school events ever assembled. And it also happened to be the number one play on sports center that beat LeBron James doing something that night. Yes. Yeah, that it's was not, it's not a bad night, not a bad 15 bucks. It wasn't at all. Cause that was just, I, if I, I would have been hurt if I wouldn't have been able to see that in person. Yeah. And, and that's what I want. I want people. That's what you have to create is the FOMO. I don't want to miss the opportunity to see something amazing right up the street from me. I don't want to be watching on the internet. I want to see it in person. I want to shoot it. With my phone, I want to get it. That's what I want. Doing it, like I said, you're doing a hell of a job at that. I appreciate it. Uh, so this next two part question is: uh, I just we just want to ask, how did the hoop state come about, and what do you think makes uh, North Carolina the hoop state? Um. So the the name hoop state first started when I was a ball's life. I started doing these monthly episodes where I would take all the best highlights, all the best moments from the month, 
all the players, all the teams. And I would make like a seven minute, five to seven minute, maybe even longer, like a, a hyper mix, bunch of different songs, all the highlights, all the moments. And that would be like a once a month thing. And it became like a big deal. Like this is what all the players wanted to make. They wanted to be on that video. I needed a name for it. I wasn't going to call it webisode or whatever. The <laughs> I'm not going to do any of that. I needed something that popped and we put a bunch of different things on the board. Uh, me and a kid I was working with at the time and hoop state, it was in the middle of it all. And it just, it was the only thing that was like, yeah, that, that fits. And not only does it fit this, but even at that time, I, even now, like North Carolina is the hoop state, but any state can, can be a hoop state if you build it. You know what I mean? Like right now, who can say hoop state, North Carolina, Indiana, um, maybe Kansas can say that. California will always say it, even though that is how can Cal California is <laughs> too big to claim it. California <laughs> is not that is not count. That is a country. That is ridiculous. Same with Texas. Yeah. Texas doesn't count. Get out of here. California and also Texas can never be a hoop state. <laughs> Texas and football. I mean Texas uh, yeah. and Florida. Yeah, football, football all day. Yes. And if California was that much of a hoop state, the Pac-12 would be a lot better than they That's are. That's a great point. Great point. Exactly. <laughs> Also, anyone from New York who tries to claim New York – I've been doing this for a long time. New York basketball is the most overhyped nonsense I have ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. If you took a group of dudes from Rucker Park and you brought them to any active park in the South, good luck, bros. Good luck. Because you're not ready for that. Like It's just a bunch of chatter and dribbling nowhere from my experience. In North Carolina, it's buckets. And the reason that Hoop State works for us – and like I'll get into an argument about this with anybody – is because there's no angle that I don't have. The GOAT, the greatest player to ever live in the history of life. He might not have been born here, but he sure was raised here. He picked up a basketball here. He graduated high school here. He went to college here. He owns a team here. That's one. How many national championships between North Carolina and Duke have there been in college? I don't know the number, but it's a lot. I feel like it's like 11, something like that. So Orlando 11 or 12. Yep. It's a lot. NC State has a Hall of Fame coach in Jim Valvano. Duke and UNC both have Hall of Fame coaches. At this point, UNC probably has two between Dean Smith and Roy Williams. Definitely. Okay, so that's another reason. Every year in high school basketball, we have multiple players in the top 150, 50, 25, and a lot of years we have a top 10 player. We rarely don't have a McDonald's All-American, even with the politics. We have every major shoe company's AAU grassroots program. We have Under Armour teams, Adidas teams, Nike teams. We have all that. What up? The Hornets suck. If the Hornets could be good, that would really help. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? Like if we were contending for championships, but that's not going to happen. We do have an NBA team, so that is helpful. But what we do have is an un- unbelievable list of pros all across the country from North Carolina. Not only people that were born here, but people that made the decision to come play high school basketball here, which also counts. Definitely. If you look at a list of guys that's played high school basketball in North Carolina, like it'll just blow your mind. Some guys you wouldn't even make. It's like this saying goes, uh, friends or family you choose, right? Like you can't help where you were born. You can't help where you were raised. You you made the decision to go to North Carolina to go to high school. You, you chose that because you wanted to. That's, all of those reasons are why it'd be really hard to argue with me about who the hoop state is. Yeah, because it was kind of crazy because even Mikey Williams, who was from California, came to North Carolina to play for like a year or something like that. We don't claim him here. 
should. We should. It, 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 a, now, and look, he's a great kid. Don't get me wrong. He's a great kid going through like a whole lot of stuff none of us would be ready for. But he never – there's a difference in players that embrace the culture here. They, this was a pit stop, and it was yeah. treated that way from day one. Um, they were never part of the hoop culture here. We had one Mikey moment, essentially, when they played Jamari Thomas. That was like the when he showed up, everyone was talking. He dropped 40. It was everything it was meant to be. Um, if only it wasn't during COVID times, we could have done it somewhere where it was packed out. I wish we were close, but if I could have gotten Mikey in the wall, um, I think that would have been, uh, I think he would have showed up, played out of his mind. I would have given him opponents that he could have had fun with. And uh, it would have been massive. Uh, well, yeah, people would have been lined up for that. Yeah, because it could have been so much People will be lined up this year, I, I promise, <laughs> but it just won't be for Mikey. Yeah, because I, I was excited that he came close. to North Carolina to play just for, just for it to be uneventful. I was highly disappointed. Well, and again, it's that that goes into like how everybody's managed. If he was managed the right way, he could have used his opportunity in North Carolina to enhance his brand exponentially. And they were too worried about small potatoes, and not him. Again, he was just he's just trying to play. That's not it has nothing to do with him. But the people who were making decisions, they were they were getting lost in in nothing. Like you guys are arguing and bickering over hundreds of dollars, maybe even thousands of dollars in a situation where it's like, you should just be worried about exposure, it's getting him as much state. attention as possible in the positive light to make people again, want to work with him. He'll be fine. And my, Mikey's a, a 1% kid, whether mm-hmm. he's a pro or not, he'll have a career as an influencer or whatever, right? Like he's big enough that it, it'll be something no matter what. It's just, he's missing out on a lot of fun. Uh, which hopefully he'll get back being back home this year in San Diego and back at his original school. I, I think, I hope that the point is to enjoy himself one more year where it's just fun. And then it's all business after this. Oh yeah. And I forgot to mention, we got the greatest shooter of all time from the hoop state too, Steph Curry. So yeah, I forgot about the dude, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I didn't, that was a forgotten piece. Like, are you kidding me? CP3, Steph Curry, John Wall, the most stylish NBA player in the history of the world, PJ Tucker. Like, we good, just, you can't, no one, exactly. I, I'll say this. Anyone who wants to challenge me to this argument, come, come at me on Twitter, bro. Please, <laughs> please come at me on Twitter with this one. I will gladly debate this any day of the week. <laughs> I don't even think it's a, I don't even think it's no point in argument. I don't even think it's an argument. Uh, put this clip out on your social. No. This is one of those things where anyone, someone from Delaware, I'll be like, bro, what? We're the hoops. Like, what? Well, no. You don't even know nobody from Delaware. <laughs> but that's what happens. Like, any basketball player from any state, when they hear you say that, that, it's like they can't help themselves. Before you know it, Idaho and Montana and South Dakota, everyone's the hoop state. Which, again, for us, if that's their mindset, sounds great for business. Yep, we can literally make a list of guys, the former team from guys from North Carolina. It, it wouldn't even have enough space because that it many talent. Be close. Oh, I have it. I have it. <laughs> <laughs> Every year I add to it, like all the guys in college, D1, D2, um, and then all the pros, um, NBA and overseas. We try to keep a like a, a Google database of that. So, because again, there's value to knowing those kind of statistics. Exactly. Um, last year we did a thing on our social media where we try to go through the current players that's currently in the NBA out of different area codes. Like we did the five for the two, five, two, three, three, six, yep. nine, one, nine, and all yep. that stuff. So that, that was cool. Like digging into that and just seeing how much talent is in each area code. Yep. And, and it can get interesting there too. Cause it's like with bam, 
you could claim Bam as the two five two, oh, and yeah. technically you could claim Bam as the three three six because that's where he really went to blow up. Um, there's a few of those. Um, I, I'll tell you this too, just for fun. So Bam's senior year, there was a it, it ended up getting blown up, but there was a chance that Dennis Smith, Harry Giles, and Bam Adebayo, along with Jalen Harris, were all going to go to a Wilson random Wilson based private school their senior year. That would have been. I'm talking about <laughs> this close, this close. Man, imagine that awesome. would have been so awesome. It would have been so crazy. Yeah, hey. but yeah, that that you know, again, that that was back when um, the super team thing was happening in the NBA. So all the players were like, hey, we can do that ourselves. If that would have happened, it would have been cool, but also kind of not because it would have created the same thing as Montverde versus like who's competing with them. You know, no one, no one's competing with them. It'll be not fair. <laughs> yeah. Only thing we need now is we need a team to go win the uh, Geico's National or whatever they call it these days. We need a high school team to make that and um, and win it. Yep, that's the only thing that's missing for real. But with Bam, we claiming the two five. I think Bam put an end to that because after one of the Heat games last year, he went on national TV and said, "I'm from the two five two. So that put an end to that. Hundred percent, as he should. Like if if you saw where he grew up and how he came up, you would claim it too. It's like look, same with me. I mean, I I spent most at this point, I've spent more of my life in Raleigh than Kinston. But Kinston's who made me who I am. Everything about me, my personality, the chip on my shoulder, the the basketball, the everything. Like I, all that was from Kinston. You know, I learned my confidence in Raleigh, but the foundation was all Kinston. And, and honestly, like a lot to do with the parks and rec departments in Kinston. Like give credit where credit's due. Like I always had something to do. There was always a sport to play. Yeah, man, that's a good point, man. But speaking of Kinston, well, this is a good segue to this next question. Uh, what went into the creation of the Kinston MLK event and what does it mean to have this event in Kinston? So the the event came from just doing the wall and wanting to create that atmosphere in other places. And I'm from Kinston, so I know that if we can create the right matchups, that everyone will come. Um, I will say that it was fun, and we got to do it twice. Um, we would have done it three years, but the COVID year shut it down. Um, unfortunately, last year is the last year that it will happen. Um, Kinston's going to do their own thing on a smaller level, you know, more local level. And, uh, we're going to take our thing to Farmville. Oh, okay. Um, which, which from a business standpoint works. Um, but yeah, like Farmville will never be Kinston to me. Right. I, I love people in Farmville I, and Larry Wilford is a good friend of mine and, and we've, we've done some fun stuff together, but that's like being like, Oh, I'm from Kinston. Oh, so you're from Greenville. Like, no. It's a difference. I'm from <laughs> Kinston, right? Like, same thing. I, it, it'll, um, it was really fun, and I literally, we got to accomplish what I wanted right away. We sold out both years we did it. We, we were able to, to donate money and, and have a lot of fun, and it's something I wish we could keep building on. But when it came down to it, it made sense. Like, what they wanted out of it, it, it makes sense for them to do it themselves and get to keep everything and, and just keep it all in-house. And us to take the bigger thing, to a little bit bigger gym where, you know, it, it works. And, and we're already partnered with what Farmville's doing on the Monday already. So we're kind of going to turn it into an MLK 252 weekend. Um, yeah. So so it was fun. Uh, it was another situation where both years you look at everybody in the gym and you're like, 
this doesn't feel real. Um, I came in this gym as a kid and watched these dudes play and like Stackhouse and, and, and all them growing up. Like, um, I dreamed, you know, I don't want to talk bad about Parrot, but I would have given anything to play basketball at Kinston High. And my senior year, Wells tried to make it happen and bring me on as a two guard because the two guard they had was playing football and they were going to go deep into the playoffs. And so for a while, it would have been my spot to have. And then, you know, I'd come off the bench on a good team, a team that people come to watch, a team that is fighting for a state championship um, and a team where, you know, if I had hit any, gotten any buckets on that team, the crowds. Hey, hey Jalen, woo. <laughs> yeah, I need, I, you have no idea how bad I needed that yes. in my life. And that would have been me. A, a, in high school, I would have been just roaming the corner and the wing. Just let me let me get it. And I could dunk. And if I had ever dunked in a game at Kingston High, boy, oh, I'm man. running out of the gym. I'm done. I'm, saying, I'm done. I'm retiring. I'm, it's all over. It's, I'm, I'm finished. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that. That was my, my Kingston experience could have only been better if I could have just gotten one year with that jersey on, man. It would have been so much fun. Yeah, but I feel you coming from with that. Just playing for Kinston, it's like in college playing for UNC or Duke. Just the pride that comes with those letters on the front of that jersey is just something different. That's a great example, actually, because it's like between at the time too, between North Lenore and Kinston High, it was like Duke and Carolina, and then depending on the year, your NC State was your South Lenore. <laughs> yeah. That's the perfect yeah. analogy yeah. for this. That's it. That's the one right there. Yeah. I wanted to play, I, boy. I wanted to play for Carolina so bad. <laughs> I wanted to play. that starting lineup mm-hmm. comes through that tunnel, man. It was, uh, but again, all that that all that's all I knew. If we could give Kinston a matchup, and, and y'all got to think about it too. We're talking about year one of that event. Not only was it Kinston versus Farmville, it was Don Trez, and it was Justin Wright and Jaquavion. Yep. Oh it was God. like, dude, it was. Perfect. And honestly, part of me thought about it at the time. Just the year one was so good. Just stop. Just this is a one. Hey, boom. I gave it to you. We got it done. I'm out. Um, And honestly, like year, our year two, which would have been year three this past year was perfect, except for the last four minutes of that game where that fight broke out in the lobby. If it wasn't for that fight, that day was perfect. Same situation. We sold out. Everything went good. The only, only thing that could have been better on either one of those two events was Kinston beating Farmville. If Kinston could have beat Farmville in oh either one of those years, it won't happen. Dude. No, no, it wasn't. And, and also, like, maybe part of me is glad it didn't because if those oh, Farmville man. fans had lost that game, they might riot. Yeah. I mean, and I just, I, I'm, I love Kinston, but I just wouldn't want to hear them brag about that for the longest time either. So that's one reason I was glad it didn't happen, especially the first year with uh, Samaj, Justin, and Jaquavion. That, that was, it was good to see that one. But if y'all, you know, what, what's cool about it is if, and I noticed this both years, if you look at the gym when it's full for that event, there are just as many Farmville fans yes. as anybody else. Yes. And I mean, that is not an exaggeration. So that, that was one reason why when the conversation started for this year, it was like, well, half the fans that show up here are for Farmville anyway. So if, if this is what we want and, and I think everyone wins here. So, um, that's what it's going to be. We're going to be at Farmville. You'll still have basketball in Kinston. And I think Brandon will probably still be it. I don't know that. That's a guess. But I'm assuming that Brandon's dad will still want to be involved in like building the Kinston thing up. Oh, so yeah. um, this year might not be great because they're, they started it so late. But I would say after this year, it's going to be right back to really good basketball. And Farmville is going to be off the chain oh, both yeah. Saturday. And I got matchups that are 
ridiculous. I'll go and get, actually, I'll go and give you one. Saturday night of that MLK event, I got Goldsboro coming in to play Farmville. Oh, okay. Close it out. Okay. It's, it's a prime time. Two five two nine matchup, right? Yeah, that's going to be, and they're nine one nine. But let's be honest, it really doesn't make sense for them to call it the nine one. I always call them two five two, and they get so Anthony Bruton gives me gives me hell about it all the time. I'm like, I mean, I know they're nine one nine, but that's you go walk thirty minutes from Kenton, yeah, like it's. It's right there. They used to be. They used to be. They changed the area code. Yeah, they switching up on us. That's BS. That's just like new Kinston numbers aren't two five two anymore, are they? Uh, they Doesn't Kinston have like a nine seven eight or some weird area code they're giving out to people now? If so, I haven't. I haven't heard it. So yeah, well, if they are, they should stop. Yeah, I'm never getting rid of my phone number ever for the history. I'm never losing that two five two ever. Always gonna be two five. And I would feel robbed if I paid for a cell phone and you <laughs> gave me a nine two five two area code. Something something's wrong here. The matrix is broken. We got to fix something. Right. Right. Yeah, Farm Farmville's a good second option. You can't be against the high. I think Farmville is definitely probably the next best option. Definitely, Oshawa. definitely the best. Yeah, and, and again, if you're talking about talent, you know, from a talented team standpoint, you always want the best team to play last. And there's no denying, like for the next several years, Farmville is a state championship favorite. Whether that means they win or they just get there, they're the team to beat. Um, so yeah, can, it'll never be Kenson. It'll never be home. Um, but who's to say that I'll never be back either? This is just for right now, if we're being honest about it. Because that first year, we we literally oh, sat we literally sat down for eight, I think it was eight hours just to see that one game because we were just so yep. ready for it. Back was hurting. That, but that's the point. That's exactly the point, guys. It's like if your if your top matchup is so good that people have to show up early in the afternoon to be there. Well, now all the teams that are playing at two three p.m. now they all have fans. Now they all like. You show up, you don't know who first flight is. What's first flight? Now these two white kids are out here slaying it. You're like, <laughs> I, I swear, that? it was so. Those yeah. teams was just so crazy. Why you got them shooting through? You got random dudes I've never seen before. Vic running around here. You know, like mm-hmm. little Steph Curry's. Like, who is this kid? Now you know. Like now you're getting to see him. That's I want the top matchup to be the thing everyone talks about. And I want it's just like UFC fights. I want what happens before that game for every game for there to be something that you can take home and be like man, this kid's good, or what a crazy play, or what a crazy moment, or what a crazy ending, like something. You know, it's got to be something. See, man, we had to take turns going to the bathroom so we wouldn't lose our seats. That's right, it was so patent in there. It was so hot, but it was worth it. It was worth See, it. It was a wrap. Part of me feels your pain on that, like as a, a viewer, but like to hear you say that as a person putting on the event, that's what I, I don't I don't want you guys I'll, to – I don't want people to leave. I don't want. I want you to get there and be like, I can't go anywhere. I can't leave. That's what I want. Yeah, it was worth because Keith wanted to tell you, man. That last game, Farmer play when Baby T hit that one handed dunk in the end, about lost. It was a wrap. <laughs> like it shut the whole gym down. Like it was good to see because they just all got quiet in there because everybody thought it was gonna win. And when he did that, it was just it was just over with. It was. He, it was but he was even doing things where there was one moment in that game where. I don't remember who was guarding him, but he was playing off T and he tees at the top of the key and he's dribbling up to him and he gives him one of these, like, come here. And the dude doesn't defend him. T just steps into a deep three and bombs and then turns around and looks at our camera just like, I'm here. It's like, yes, you are here. It's crazy. (laughs) But no, that's what I love. And and that's part of what I love about Farmville is, is they love to go in your place. Oh, yeah. and, And prove a point. And that's the types of teams I want. I want the team. Same with Goldsboro. Goldsboro's going to go to Farmville and play in front of probably a packed house. That's ballsy. 
And they were like, yeah, give me. Because, again, the teams that get it are the teams that are like, again, going back to the first conversation we had about highs and lows, even if they play teams that are going to smoke them during the year, who cares if the goal is a state championship? Put your team through hell at certain points so when they get adversity in the playoffs, which is inevitable, it doesn't seem that bad. If your pit is here and your adversity is here, you're winning. For sure. I just want to give a shout out to y'all, uh, Hoot State's Road to the Raptors series, because that's where, like, you yeah. were talking about, like, the promos and stuff, and those were some of, like, the best videos I've seen. I even had my dad watching them. He even rewatches them to this day, just uh, uh, going through Farmville and South Granville, like all these, all the other schools in that series. It was, it was a great job. So I'm in the middle of editing season three right now. Season three is the first year we had nobody win. We followed Farmville. We followed Wilson Prep, and we followed JL Chambers with uh, Jalen Curry and Daniel Sanford. Um, it's good. We had three really good producers take each team. Um, I'm working on that now. We'll put it out right before the season starts. But Road to the Rafters is probably the only good thing COVID did for me was the idea of, like, let's create our own, like, in-depth series like this. Um, and that's going to play into like, you know, years from now, you'll start seeing a step into like reality TV type stuff um, at, you know, as we get more money and more access to things. But like the idea of putting players in a house for a couple weeks and competing in a series of things and recording the whole thing. Um, that's reality TV is something that I'm low key obsessed with. And I think the two worlds will merge at some point and road to the rafters was the first version of that where it's like, I want to create reality TV, you know, but, but for now without all the drama and the stuff that would really make it popular, the, the, the next step, if we, if we do road to the rafters again this year, the next step will be shooting way more off the court content because real the, life, personal life stuff. The scenes with uh, Coach Larry Williford when you were talking about like them having their schedule being real tough during the regular season, like that's what that's what it reminded me of. That's why I wanted to yep. bring a road to the Raptors because those scenes with him just talking and coaching were like very like cool and impactful. Like those are some. If some I did things. that series unedited, uncut and unedited, it would be because of Coach Williford and like his personality. It would be Netflix worthy if I could just take the gloves off. Last chance, shoot. He's definitely, definitely one of my favorite coaches. Yeah, with his well, mouth. As long as they keep winning, you know what I mean. Like anything he does, is no one really questions it. As long as they're winning, um, he's a great coach. But he is hilarious, and when he is uncensored, he's not the only one too. Like Coach Atkinson at Wilson Prep is also hilarious. Uh, coach Frazier at JL Chambers, I've cut a lot of his stuff out too. Like <laughs> I don't want them. What I, I cut out, what I what I think would maybe have people asking them questions about, you know, their bosses or like stuff that they shouldn't be in trouble for, but just, you know, if you cuss or you treat kids like adults, people can form opinions that maybe aren't fair, but there are things that are so funny. It is painful not to add them. Like it is, I cut out a lot of four letter words. I'll put it that way. <laughs> a lot. Since, we, since I bring up Road to the Rafters, this next question, we just want to know who are some of the top projected high school basketball teams that we should be looking looking out for this coming up season? Um, so in state, I would say uh, Moravian Prep because of the Ellis brothers. Um, 
they're going to put on a show. They're going to make sure to put on a show. Um, your public schools to watch, Millbrook, uh, Farmville, uh, North Mech, Matt Myers Park, I, I would say, are, are the teams that will dominate that space. Um, private schools, there's some. Uh, TBS, Burlington School is probably worth watching. Greensboro Day, Cannon School. But like, if you're like, what should I really care care about? Um, Ravian Prep is worth it. Word of God is going to be really good. Um, and most Saturday nights, you know, we'll we'll bring in the teams that are kind of worth worth clashing. First Flight is still like really surprisingly good and fun to watch. Um, and then you know, all I'll say is in terms of out of state, maybe pay attention to like Donda. Prolific Prep, maybe uh, Centennial High School with the TikTok kid going to Duke. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe watch them a little bit for some reason. You know, one one way or the other. Uh, yeah, I, I think that pretty much. And then, of course, Montverde every always, year. Is one. Always, Montverde. always Montverde. Yeah. We we definitely very excited to see Farmville because me and Keith have been following them. Ever since basically this dynasty has started, you know, we we from the Kenston area, but we love watching Farmville Central play. And I know they bring you back most of their team this year. What I'll say is, is what Coach Williford has told me about his team this year. And and he he's very, uh, like, very honest about his teams. This was not the same way he's talking last year. This year, I would be afraid to play Farmville. Um, they played Millbrook this summer. And Millbrook is a 4A, super loaded team this year, defending state champion. They rolled Millbrook by like 30. That's a, that sounds like the usual because when they had the big three there, man, they was it, we would go to a game, they would be dropping 100 on everybody like it was just too easy. Like it was. See, and I, I think it'll be obviously like Josh Short will be their main guy, but I think the, their situation is like you're not going to see a bunch of games where one guy is scoring a bunch. You're going to see like most of their games would a lot of players, including bench guys with 10, 12, 15 points, evened out across the board. They're pushing 80, 90 points a game. Um, I think their defense and their depth is probably what's going to cause a bunch of problems. Um, because, yeah. but, but, but basically, um, if you want to spend your money to watch, whether it be a streamer in person, the events you're going to want to pay attention to are definitely the 252 tip-off we're doing at Greenfield, November 18th and 19th. Good guys versus cancer at the beach, which will have to be a stream because no one's going to drive out there. But that's the second and the first, second and third of December. And then we have a bunch of other stuff in between. uh, December 10th, we're back. We have Wilson Prep versus Farmville Central at Wilson Prep with a loaded event underneath it. And then the John Wall and then MLK weekend is loaded. Um, so we're, we'll have, if you can come, you should come. And, uh, especially you guys, like as media guys, if you guys ever hit me and you want a link to the stream to watch, I'll send that to you. No problem. That's not for the viewers. Okay. Y'all got to buy that thing. Help me pay the bills. But the guys in this thing, especially Jonathan, cause he's been dominating with how much he's been talking during this whole thing. He's definitely got to get a free link to the streams. Got to. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But also, again, I, I need to just be like super. If people have questions about players or teams at this point, I'm not the guy, I think, anymore, which is hard to say. But like, if I had pl- questions about players, I asked Donnie, who's been with me from basically the beginning. Um, Miles Master Cola knows a, a, a ton about the players. And uh, my young boy, Max, 
uh, is real connected with those guys and kind of knows who's worth the time and who's not. Donnie's the Donnie's number one though. Donnie tells me whether the player's worth you know worth having or not. Basically, I wish we had Donnie here for our next question. Then. <laughs> you still might. No, you can't have Donnie. You can't. You can't put Donnie in these situations. That boy's a loose cannon. You still might have uh, your personal preference, so we'll go with that. Uh, yeah. So, like, there, there any girls or guys, players that you are looking forward to watching this coming up basketball season? Yeah. So, from a college level, I'm really interested in, uh, and I, honestly, I should do research before I say this. Is Sanaya Rivers can play right away, right? She doesn't have to sit out, right? No, cause they changed the rule. Cause I think you can. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's stuff. what I thought. So, yeah. Sanaya, I think Sanaya's. Uh, a once in a generation type player. And, and I could be wrong about that, but she's a badass. and seeing her at state where I think they'll let her go a little bit. I'm interested to see, to see her. Um, yeah. And yeah, from a player standpoint, I'm very interested of in what happens to Robert Dillingham. I'm yes. a Robert Dillingham fan. Um, he's a great kid, but his situation has become very complicated and very confusing and he's another kid that, no, to no fault of his own, he's you know they've made it more difficult on him for no reason. Um, so I, I need him going to Kentucky. That's awesome. That that I need him to get to Kentucky ASAP, and then I'm not worried about him anymore. But I, I'm interested in how his year goes at Donda. Um, I'm interested in a possible homecoming. Um, how that would go potentially maybe uh, in front of 4,000 people in Raleigh. And then I'm also interested in um, uh, Paul McNeil that went to Prolific and and left. Um, Prolific is basically a team full of North Carolina kids and their coach is a 24 year old uh, young man with a lot ahead of him. So uh, their year will be very interesting to me too. Um, but to be honest with you guys, like the way it works for me and I like it and I don't at the same time is I, I, for things to go the way they go with us, I have to be hyper focused on our stuff. So if you're not a team or a storyline that we're involved in telling or we're hosting or whatever, I'm probably not paying a ton of attention to you. Unless you're a team that's moving the needle anywhere in the country, at which case I always need to know what that's about so we have a chance to get you uh, in Raleigh for the John Wall. But Hansel's a perfect example of that. Saw Hansel happening right away. Saw it immediately once I could see. But, you know, Because again, Hansel and Julian Newman come from the same vein for us. Are they a, a gimmick or are they real? Hansel happens to be he, real. He was, he was different. Very Julian real, Newman sure. is not. I don't know if you guys noticed this. Every year Julian Newman came, do y'all know what team they played in the first round? Was it? Broughton. Y'all Hansel Emanuel played in the first round? Broughton, yeah. Who was that? Yeah, who was that, Dylan? Yeah. That was Put it. the gimmick versus the home team, and you always win. That's a great strategy. Right Broughton there. used to think I was setting them up with Julian Newman to lose. Oh. And they never believed me when I said, you guys are 20 points better than them. And your fans are going to hate them. <laughs> hate them. When they played each other, when Julian Newman would come watch other games, the Broughton fans would stand up where they were sitting and chant overrated at him from wherever he was. <laughs> 
I and it. I would feel bad about it, but they loved it. The Newman family loved all of that. So it was perfect. But that that's the thing. Like, I, I want gimmicks. I want I want to find out what's real. And you put them at the wall, especially against the home team. Like that, we missed that. Can you imagine Hansel versus Broughton in the last game of the day at Broughton? Yeah, that would have been a madhouse. Especially the game that they we didn't. I don't think we stayed the whole time. But the first half that we watched was just incredible. So just imagining that at Broughton would have been incredible. That's just watching I mean. Hansel in the layup that, yeah. lines, man, dunking and stuff. Like that was crazy. See, the game started, but, even- but yeah. So so to give y'all that answer, I don't. As of right now, I'm not aware of another one of him right now. A kid that's just like demands all the attention. If Trey. If Trey Parker had stayed in high school and was at the right high school, I think that he would have that. Um, so maybe him too. Maybe add him to that list of like, I'm very interested of where, what happens to him based on Quay and what's happened to Quay and, and, and how, many, how much moving around Trey's already done and how new overtime elite is. I'm interested in that storyline as well, for sure. I want everyone from our state to be as successful as possible. You know, when I, I say I'm interested in or I'm worried about or whatever, that's just going off what I've seen happen before and what I know the risk is. I think kids yeah. like Robert Dillingham are good enough that it, it everything could go wrong and he still can make it. And like we were talking about earlier, it's good he's going to Kentucky because he's going with a great coach as far as developing him for the next level and all that. So that's a great spot for him. Yeah, I feel like maybe John, John Calipari – I'm not sure about this, but there's a chance he might be at the wall this year. I don't, for some reason, I don't, I'm not sure why, but he might, he might be there. He might be there. That'd definitely be cool. John, there, pull up. Yeah. I remember he used to come to uh, Kenston High sometime when you were recruiting Brendan out, out there. Him, Coach K used to come by, uh, Roy Williams. Uh, it was crazy. Yeah, Everybody. Seeing them just sitting right yeah, here. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Watching Brandon's ramp up was a lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. No one – it was so funny. Before the video started coming out his senior year, people would talk so much crap about him as a basketball player because of how skinny he was. It was like, if y'all would just shut up for one second (laughs) and watch this kid play, you will see that, like, that all works. (laughs) Like, he can dribble. He can shoot. He can dunk. Like, he can do everything. And you're worried about how skinny he is? Y'all should maybe look up Kevin Durant. Thank you. Basically who he was. Especially around here, just dominating everybody. <laughs> it was just fun to know that before everybody else. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not one to, like, post about it and talk about it. But being at the games, I just remember having conversations like, I think he might be a lottery pick. <laughs> you know, like, saying that his junior year and people being like, what? Like, yeah, I think he might be one and done. <laughs> like, you know, it it, uh, it all worked out perfectly for him. I'm so happy for him. He's He's one of those dudes that's like – he deserves all the best stuff in the world. Same with Reggie. Like, they both. That's the best part about Kinston, guys. It's like, I don't know any bad dudes from Kinston. You know what I mean? Like, everyone that comes out of that program, because of the coaching staff and who it's always been and how it's always been run, like, it, you create a lot of really good players and really good people. Josh Dawson, put him on that list of, like, best yep. people in the world. Hopefully the next coach, whenever one day that happens. Uh, hopefully that's Josh Dawson. I could definitely see him coaching. Definitely. If it happens, can we just what is the 
Whatever the date is, let's mark this down yeah. that I called it. Sunday, August 14th. <laughs> Josh Dawson is the next coach whenever that happens. I feel like he does fit the fit the mode of a coach that especially in the zoo, especially he definitely fits that mode of being I, and to be fair, this could already be like a thing people are talking about in Kinston and I just don't know about it. I'm just that that's when I think about the next coach of Kinston, that's the only thing that's like if they were to say Josh Dawson's the next coach, everyone would be like, Yes, perfect. Like that's a no-brainer to me. And the other, like, Craig Dawson's coaching at Woodbury Forest. I could see that, you know, he, him come back to coach. But Woodbury Forest, I imagine, probably pays him pretty good uh, to be there. So I don't I don't know how that would play out. Yeah, Josh Dawson, energy on the sideline, being a coach. <laughs> Dude, he's perfect. He yep. was honestly, like, the way he was as a player, he was built to be a badass high school basketball coach. And and to develop that into being whatever he wants to be one day. And you already know if he develops appropriately, there's a college coach that will hire him pretty fast. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So for this next question, we probably already know your answer. It'll probably be John. But besides John, <laughs> who is the best North Carolina high school basketball player that you've ever seen? All right, so two-part answer. If we're being honest now, where everyone is, BAM is is a, the pretty obvious answer. What you're, you're, You said that comes from North Carolina, right? Yes. Okay, well, I've seen Steph, but he was already Steph. Like, he wasn't in high school, so I, I don't know if that counts. Um, in terms of, like, covering them in high school, I thought Dennis Smith was a bad man, dude. He Dennis was. Smith he was. was a bad dude, and um, – I still believe in in his potential of where he could take this, and maybe he just he hasn't he hasn't found the right situation yet. But Dennis could score at all three levels, unlike any kid I've ever seen. Uh, but you probably would have to say Bam based on where they are right now. Harry was also before his knee injury. Harry was not human at all. Man, <laughs> like it was it was unreal. I hate Harry yeah. had those injuries because he he was definitely going to be like up there. Yeah, 100%. He would have – him and Bam would be, you know, head head to head, eye to eye for, for career-wise if, if there was no knee issues. And still, like, don't get it twisted. Even with two knee injuries, Harry's still on and off of NBA teams right now. He's still, you know, finding work and moving around. And I don't care who you are. If you're on an NBA roster, it's if you're smart about your money, the money's there. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the fact to say you made it in the NBA, that's more than a lot of people can ever say. I mean, the odds of you making well, the NBA. And every year, yeah, and every year you play in the NBA, your your overseas value goes up. Right. Yep. Like every year that you can say, I played the league for 10 years, and now you know your value for what overseas teams will pay you to be able to promote that is way higher. Then you just got to hope you have an agent that can put you in a country where you're happy and comfortable and safe and the money is guaranteed. And you know, I'd much rather go play in Italy than, I don't know, Russia or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we, we know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you talking about Bam. I remember um, before he came out of high school, there was a lot of rumors going around that him and Dennis Smith was going to go to NC State together. It was like a package deal. They were. That was done. That was done. That was that was done. The the Calipari. My understanding of that story is that John Calipari, the last conversation he had face to face with Bam, and I don't know if this is true at all. But what I heard was, is Calipari asked Bam, this is the first decision you're going to make as a man, on your own, by yourself, independent of handlers, your mother, your whoever. So 
maybe make the, the right, maybe take the time to make sure you're making the right decision as this being your first big decision. And, uh, if you really think about those words and we talk about what we said earlier, your career is a lot safer in John Calipari's hands. And I'm, I went to NC state. I, I like NC state just fine. Don't get me wrong. But if I have a son, that's a five-star, that's a potential professional athlete. You're not going where we're comfortable. You're going where you can get to be the best you can be. And also have a coach that when he picks up the phone to call NBA people, they answer the phone. Hey, John, how is this kid? He's the real deal. Or I need him for one more year. Yeah. Like that, those calls matter. Very much. Demarcus so. Cousins is a head case. Demarcus <laughs> Cousins is hard to deal with. Demarcus Cousins is awesome and he's hilarious, but he's hard to deal with. You don't think John Calipari has helped navigate making sure that he stays around? You don't think that he's played any role in that? Also, a lot of credit to Rich Paul because Rich Paul is one of the best agents in the game. If he's not the best agent in the game, if Rich Paul makes a phone call, people answer it. That matters. And if you're saying that this guy provides value, even if he is maybe a little nuts, <laughs> you're still going to get opportunities. I mean, that again, that's networking. That All that stuff matters. I get phone calls from NBA teams every year. It will happen hopefully for the rest of my life. Hey, tell me about this kid. Tell me about one of the favorite questions. Tell me about his dad. That's like the number one question <laughs> they want to ask. Wait. Tell me about his dad. Like, what? okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next question, does he, does he have a girlfriend? Dude, I'm, this crazy. I'm 35. I don't know if he has a girlfriend. Probably. I don't know. And what, the, what they're asking is, is does he hook up with a lot of women? Does he yeah. spend a lot of his time on women. Oh, that, yeah. That's what they want to know. Oh, is, yeah. is this going to be a distraction? Probably. They can really simplify the process by asking me three questions. Does he drink? Does he smoke weed? Does he love to hook up with chicks? Will he be excessive with his money? And will his dad or his mom be a crazy element in his life that we have to deal with? That's yeah, what they want to know. It's very simple. They can just ask it that way instead of like dancing all around it. But that's that's essentially what they want to know. Like, Sir, will, he, will, will he be like Will Chamberlain? That's that's the first question you got to go. <laughs> I always just ask. I'm like, when y'all call people that know the kids, like, aren't all the answers always the same? Like, he's a really good kid. He's a guy who comes from a really good fan. Like, they're all the same answer. What I tell teams is, is this player safe money? If you invest money in this guy, is he going to be worried about what he does with the money? Or is he going to be worried about playing basketball? Right? Like a lot, John Morant is rich as he can be. But I guarantee you at the end of the day, all John Morant is worried about is waking up. What's he going to eat? Where's he going to hoop? How many times is he going to hoop that day? Where's he going to take a shower? What kind of chick is he end up with that night? I think as like, a, I don't even know his marital status, but I think most NBA players, that's what they're worried about. Basketball, food, basketball, chicks, sleep. Literally, yes. Well, we we're talking about NC State. Well, hopefully, Keats and State can help my boy Baby T get to that lottery. Pick <laughs> he don't status. need help. He, he, don't need he help. doesn't at all. So he I, don't need help. I said he was going to be a lottery pick, and he was already close. But this year, it's, it's going to come to fruition. Has the biggest green light. He has the yeah. TJ Warren, Trevor Lacey, Julius Hodge. Do whatever you want with it. Green light. I smell an average of twenty five coming this season, Jalen. Yeah, hundred percent. The question is, how many games do they win? Yeah, I think that's, that's easily nice. averages 25. The question is how many games they win. In terms of T in, in the pros, they could care less how many games they win. Right. The pros could care less how many games the state wins. 
They care about how many points does he average? How efficient is he? Honestly, I feel like he should be. Because I, I feel like the talent pool in college is going down a lot. To me, he should just be the number one pick overall. That's just They me. need to win enough games to keep him in the conversation for player of the year. And that might they be a problem. Be number one. They don't. They don't have to be. They can even be in the middle. Yeah. But they got. They can't be lower than that middle spot. And he has to be super consistent. He has to be must watch TV. Kid can't miss. Breaking three point records. Like it's got to be all that. The good thing is, is he can do it. That's him. And that's a perfect example of a kid. If you gave him tons of money, he wouldn't even touch it. He needs a place to sleep, food to eat, a gym to hoop in. And like I said, probably a female. Like that's it. That's all. That's all he needs in life. And if that's what it is, and the money doesn't cloud your work ethic, you'll be fine. But that's what happens in the NBA. Players fall off because they make money. They don't work hard. That's period. Point blank. Period. And if it was about the money or for one work, I work out once a day. Bro, Kobe <laughs> Bryant worked out like eight times a day, and you're talking about once a day. Like right. that's not what gets you to where you got to be. For sure. If it was about the money with Baby T, I think he would have went last year to the NBA draft. So he proved it's not about the money for him. Or tra- or transfer because we were surprised that he didn't go anywhere after everything that happened. But. Well, that would be silly. Why why go into a situation that you don't know what to expect when the situation you're in, you already proved yourself to be the man. Definitely. Like now you get the green light. You know, and, not, and choosing not to go, they were doing to T what they do to so many players. And I was hoping that, that T was smarter than this and he was. But what they do with these guys is, is they tell them that they have guaranteed first-round spots. Oh, so I've talked to so-and-so, and they're definitely going to pick you. No, they're not. What teams do is, is they tell you that they want these guys that are going to be fringe into first, early second-round guys. They promise them that they'll take them later in the first round. And what they do is, is they wait. Can we get them in the second? Yeah, we definitely can. Okay, now can we wait and not take them at all? And sign him as a free agent where we don't have, we're not guaranteed to give him anything. And he's a two way player at our our disposal. I forgot you. What happened to Josh Hall? They told Josh Hall that he was going to be a first rounder. So his agent bought that. They they played that game. And in reality, Josh is falling through the cracks. That doesn't mean he can't make it still. Don't get me wrong, but he fell through the cracks because he was, if Josh Hall had gone to NC State for one year, he would have dominated. He would have been a guaranteed first-round pick. And if he had played well enough, he's probably a lottery pick. If Traquavion does not get hurt, if he stays healthy this year and plays anywhere close to what he's supposed to play, he goes from being a prayer of getting drafted to being a guaranteed lottery pick. If he For can sure. get buckets and do it efficiently in the ACC and now the attention is on him from day one, it's over. He could, be, he could do Kyrie. He could play eight games and play those eight yeah, games really well and just be like, I'm chilling, I'm chilling. Well, yeah. Seeing speaking of Josh, I seen him at the John Wall tournament. At, well, I think it was was it John? No, it was uh, the it was MLK. Kiss the high, yeah, yeah. It was, I was just seeing him like yeah, he was gonna be next up as well. But yeah, he he see him not he was even. Another get, one of those guys where it was like there was a lot of if you knew him, you knew there wasn't question marks. His mom is smarter than any lady you ever not lady a person. His mom is a lawyer. She's super intelligent, super sharp. And his dad played ball. His dad was recruited. His dad went through the process himself. And his dad is a straight shooter. So for anyone to ever question the family is crazy. But same thing. That's what NBA guys want to do. Josh's dad is outspoken. They want to act like that's a negative. Josh didn't go to a traditional high school. Josh went to Oak Hill and never played on their real team. So if you're an NBA team, you're like, what's up with this kid? 
Well, what's up with him is he grew real fast and got real good real quick. But he never got to, he only did that against high school players. No one ever got to see him play against college, you know, potentially certain NBA matchups. They never got that with Josh. He didn't play EYBL. He wasn't on any of those major circuits. He didn't do any of that. So it's like he needed state. He needed any college for a year. And he was so good that he could have gone almost anywhere, averaged what if he, they would have given him free reign, he would have averaged 25, whatever, and his size and length, he would have been gone. That's why I was very surprised when I heard when they first announced that he was not going to state and he was going to put his name in the draft. I was very surprised because just like what you said, I thought if he went to state for one year, his stock would have been like sky high. So I was that caught me off guard. It's not, you know, the guy he hired as an agent is a good dude. And I don't mean it to like act like that it was his fault. But when you hire a new agent, a guy that's not hasn't been in the space and doesn't have a client list. You know, he probably does want you to go pro because he doesn't get a paycheck till you do. And, and that's not like, that's just business. But you need to know that. I want, there. there's a fine line between a Rich Paul who probably doesn't have a lot of time for a Josh Hall or a brand new dude who will give you all the time in the world but has no connections and has no name in the space and doesn't really know what he's doing. If Josh had had Rich, Hall, Rich Paul as his agent, I guarantee you he would have gone to college for one year. He would have been, if not a lottery pick because the way he played, he would have snuck him on a good team like the Warriors at the end of the first round. And Josh would have found his role as a role player as a young kid. And he would have a job as long as Rich was his agent. He would never not have a job. I agree. I agree. Yeah, Rich Paul, his track record right now. Everything's a puzzle. It's all all a puzzle and it's all – you know, no matter how, what part of the game you're in, there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one way to be successful, more than one way to fail. Um, the resilient are the ones that survive for sure. All right. I think we, we're going to ask you this one. This is like our most anticipated question for you. We say the best for last for you, Webb. So we, we anxious to see what you're I'm about to say. This what one. this is. Did yep. you send me this one? Do I know what this is? Yep. I sent it to you. I don't you. remember. Hit right. me with it. It's the last one. It's the bonus question. All right. So what is the best area code in the hoop state as far as with oh. basketball talent? All right, what you going to say? <laughs> this is dirty. You've done me dirty. <laughs> <laughs> right now or in general? In general. Well, come on. Come on, man. So, I, all right, two things. First of all, I'm going to I'm gonna say the 252. Yes, sir. Based on yeah. per capita and because we produce tougher hoopers. That's what I'm going to say. But before anyone in Raleigh gets mad at me, I got you on my arm. This is the skyline, okay? So I represent harder than most. But the answer to that question, I'm from where I'm from, is 252 all day. Yeah, I heard you first, man. 252, Hoop State. Yeah, you don't you don't want to chat rock with us, and you don't want to throw hands with us. That, that That's, uh, that's yeah, two things I know for sure. <laughs> Do both at the same time, you definitely don't want to do that. <laughs> and I don't know much about it, but I feel like we probably got country boys that play real good baseball too. I don't know, but I feel yeah. like that probably is the case. You definitely we do. do. That's like the that's yeah. like the main thing. Yeah, you, you probably just two five two is probably not, you know, if you're not from here, it might not be for you, you know. 
That's the thing. We we probably the least glamorous area code out there, but we produce the hard nosed talent, man. We got so much talent everywhere, spread across in the country, in the sticks. People just don't know about it, but it's out there. I just think that pressure creates diamonds and um there's way more diamonds produced in our area code than others. It, it's a lot easier to be successful coming out of Raleigh than it is to come out of Kinston or Farmville or, or whatever, wherever you want to pick. You know what I mean? It's um, to get out of where we come from, no matter what your situation is, whether it's, you know, gaining opportunity, exposure, um, whatever the case may be. If you make it out of where we come from, um, I would say you accomplished more than most definitely two five worldwide <laughs> yep. yeah so yep. jay trinity right there two five worldwide <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you and this is just off the top of my head guys and i don't you know we can follow up with this later but one idea with you guys for the wall would be you bring your setup here you know it, I feel like you go by. You don't go by Jonathan. You go yeah. by Jonathan. I I, I go by what? Okay, not John. It's Jonathan, just Jonathan. Whatever you know. It's, it's multiple names. It's different names. But you're Jonathan. Jonathan's good. So I feel like we put Jonathan in a room with the setup, and you guys get media passes, and you just kind of grab and go interviews throughout the event, and we could do that. It could basically be like a daily radio show live from the wall and we can either do it directly on y'all's platform or if you prefer to brand it with your stuff and do it on our platform to get you guys more exposure there's we can figure it out but um that's what i mean when i say like take the opportunity to build is um we can do that at the wall we can do that in the wilson events we can do that at farm we can do that anywhere that it's easy for you guys to get to i think the kids would have fun talking to y'all and even sending me questions as long as you guys do some baseline research so you know the right questions to ask. Like, I would much rather guys talk to y'all than me to find a bunch of old dudes to run it, like somebody that people aren't gonna be comfortable with. That shit don't make no sense. So keep that in mind. That I mean, that's an idea that it's like uh it's probably worth I give you the access, you get the opportunity, do what you can with it type deal. I mean, I think that's um it might be worth worth that's your time. Fire. Oh yeah, we definitely, definitely would love to do that. Appreciate yeah. it, and it definitely be worth our time for yeah, sure. Yeah, figure that out. So yeah, let, let's figure that out. But you guys also, I think you guys could bring a bunch to the the post game press conferences at the wall, even just as media asking questions. I think that um, there's value all across the board. Get get a banner made for sure for your socials or whatever you want people to know about you, and let's do this. And I'll you know I'll figure out a way to get that banner hung up in the gym for the event. We'll just oh, treat you guys like uh like one of the entry level sponsors. That's fire, man. Cool. We we'll appreciate love, it for real. We, we'll be but that, that'd be a good branch to like work with us at the Hoop State, um, and another branch off of that. And again, I'm I'm just spitballing, but it's like if you guys are going to cover basketball, you know, high school basketball, North Carolina based, college, whatever the case may be, if you wanted to do your show and also do a thirty minute or sixty minute spot on the Hoop State Network once a week. Like I, I'm, I'm the type of guy where I'm down to try anything. And if it works, let's figure out the business behind it and, and do it together. And if it doesn't work, we tried who, I mean, n- nobody loses. Um, so yeah, I, I'm kind of saying that with our platform, be creative. And if there's something you guys think that we can try, I'm down, I'm down for authentic people, um, who, who are passionate and care about what they do. I mean, that's for me, that's entry level. 
It's crazy. Entry level sponsors, and we don't even have no sponsors yet. <laughs> well, and again, it's like you guys create the content. To me, as a business opportunity, it's now you can say that you were part of that event, which is a recognizable brand, and our brand in the state is recognizable as well. And then you can show, well, what did you guys do with them? Well, here's our whole reel. Here's the best moments from the week. You know, here's here that we interviewed this guy, this guy, he became this, he became that, you know, this coach, this player, what, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the biggest challenge there would be, and probably for you, Jonathan, is turnaround time, getting them edited or cut up, whatever, and getting them put out. And like, if you guys did stuff with us once a week, what I would do is I would provide you with all the assets, the watermark, the, the graphic overlays, all that kind of stuff. You would send me, you know, you guys shoot for an hour. We do a whole episode and then you give me the best moments cut up. And we do both of those. We do best moments cut up on YouTube. We do full episode as a podcast and we brand it all to where you guys are getting individual promotion. Your brand is getting promotion, but it's all under like the hoop state umbrella. So you, you basically just get to kind of whatever of our fans would be into you guys. You just basically kind of rip off of them and, and turn them into fans of, of followers of what you guys are doing. Hey man, that sounds amazing. Not for real. For real. <laughs> jump on while we're at the events. Jump on your go live on IG. Go around yeah. and add your stories. Do man on the street with people. Like there's with access, there's so many opportunities. And for us, it's all stuff I'd love to do in house. I just, our guys are concentrating on other things that we need to do to build the event and sell the event. So it's like if we have creative people that are out there taking, ta- basically taking my ideas and turning them into their own and running with them, like, use my creativity to your advantage is like kind of the way I look at it. It's just, just like the Brian Hanks episode. I'm over here just being a little speechless. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope so guys. Like you got to think how, how old are y'all? How old are y'all? I'm 26, 27. I'm 35. Yeah. Right. So I, I mean, the only advantage, the only thing that's not depressing about being an old dude is like, I do get to be like, you know, I do know some stuff and I do have some experience. And if you're not in the space that we're all in, my experience and my value is pretty low. But if you're in this media thing, I tell people this all the time. Like if I'm someone that's comfortable enough to speak with you, I'll tell you anything you want to know. Like I'm not someone who hides my knowledge. I just don't share it with a ton of people. So for you guys, like I'm a text message away. I might not text you back right away, but I will text you back. You know what I mean? Like it's, there will always be a response and I will always take my time to like do it the right way. Um, I just, it's hard to find people who want more for themselves and, and a lot of people want it, but not any, not many people are resilient enough to sustain it. And so I've been watching you guys. I think the, the Brian Hanks interview was the first one I saw. And then I kept watching my advice to y'all is next figure out how to do this in person. Because it's going to be really hard to see how good you guys are interviewing unless you're somebody like me who can see through the, the tech. Like what's next for you guys is getting people in person to interview with you because you two on, the, on my right, you guys will seem a lot more valuable as interviewers when there's not a delay or a wait or, or whatever. Like you guys will get better content. It's not always possible. It's not always possible for sure. But the more you can do it, I would suggest it. And, and that could be as simple as like, all right, we're going to go to Raleigh today and I'm going to rent a space in Raleigh for 50 bucks for an hour. There's tons of those. We're going to set up our setup. We're going to, we're going to have three guests today. 
it's worth us going to Raleigh because we're going to, we're going to get five interviews out of this. And, and same with Sharp. You can do that anywhere. There's spaces to rent that are cheap. You don't even need them. If most people have a place for you to go, all you need to do is bring a camera, bring your mics, set up and shoot. Um, but, but even this stuff, like uh, Jonathan, y'all, y'all get, after we get done with it, you take my, all you guys get my cell phone number and tech questions, producer questions, talent questions, like hit me with anything. Um, what would be dope is, is if you guys end up being super successful individually in whatever you do for one day for me to be able to be like, Hey, I did a podcast with them one time and they asked me for advice and I helped. And I think it helped them be it, you know, take the next step. Like I, I don't have a family. Like I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. Like this is my life. And so if I can help build other careers out of some sacrifices that I've made to do this, um, I, that's fun for me. Like I enjoy that a lot. Um, so yeah, I, that's my way of saying, I think you guys are talented. I think what you're doing is dope. And I think the hardest step you've already taken is just like, don't care what people think. Don't care about being perfect. Just take steps forward and make something happen. And if you keep doing that, good things will keep happening. And we appreciate that. That's a real (laughs) Well, we've been on here for two hours, which I've never done a two-hour <laughs> podcast before. But honestly, this hasn't felt this like a podcast. This just felt like us talking about. Like, we're just yeah. talking, right? We're just chopping it up is what it feels like. Yeah. Well, we definitely appreciate it, especially coming from you, man. We definitely take that take that to heart. I don't throw around compliments very often. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the guy to just pump everybody's tires up. I, I, I see the value here. And again, it's I haven't even seen y'all do a live, like, in-person interview yet. And I know that'll... That'll take things to an, another level. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, we appreciate that. Definitely. And we'll we'll test it out. I, honestly, like, I think November 18th and 19th, maybe the 19th, which is a Saturday, you guys try to get to Greenfield. And I've got a packed day full of basketball at Greenfield. We'll do the exact same thing. Test it out. We'll get you some in-person interviews. I can help set up production. If you guys need to use our cameras, you'll have full access to that stuff. Um and let's test it out. I think it'll go really well. And then we can work on how to cut up the edits for the week. But basically, anytime that we have an event that's drivable, there's opportunities for you guys to get dozen, dozen interviews in a day. I can, we, I can create the list for you. I can set it up for you. And, and I'll just tell people you're with us. You know, These guys are doing these so we can get more exposure for more people. And we just run interviews through you guys all day. Yeah, we definitely had to do that because, like, especially me and Keith, yeah. like, we always go they're try to go to as many high school games as we anyway. can. They're already there. At this point, if <laughs> you're already going there. to games already, you should be working them. Right. Yeah, you should be working them and, and creating content. Because, again, what's more exciting? Y'all talking in your bedrooms or being live at a, an event while it's happening, while you're interviewing someone while there's action going on? They're, like, yeah. for the viewer, that's way more, like, interactive, and I can get locked in way easier. And for the, the listening audience, it's no different. It's still a podcast. It's no different. But the viewing audience that can see you and see your mannerisms and see your interactions and you know what I mean? Like there, there's a lot of value there. So yeah, that we keep communicating, but I would if I were you guys, I would plan on November nineteenth at Greenfield. Okay. Greenfield Wilson. And what I can do is too to make it easy is if you guys want follow up with me, um, that's the other thing too, just so we're clear. Like if I tell you I'm going to do it, do not be afraid to bring it up again. Like I, I'm, I, you're not going to bother me, but I am someone that like, I'm very like when I'm on something, I'm on it. And if you catch me when I'm on something, I might forget. 
But if I tell you, if I'm telling you this now, I'm telling you that like you have full autonomy to be like, Hey, don't forget this or emphasize it or whatever. So I see it, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I'll send y'all the dates to all the events I think you would care to come to. And you guys can kind of don't have to do it now because it's so far away. But as we get closer, you tell me what you guys want to do. And if you have an idea of who you want to talk to and I'll send you the same, okay, you guys are going to do this event. Here's who I think the most interesting people that are going to be here are going to be. And you can kind of pick and choose who you want to talk to. And I have a pretty good track record. I'm not saying no one ever says no to me, but if I ask someone to do an interview with you guys, they're going to, they're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You got a pool. (laughs) I just think they trust, like by me saying it, they know that like you guys are going to be professional and you're not going to ask stupid questions or waste anybody's time. Like, Essentially, that's all. Honestly, with Hanks, like I already had seen y'all's interview with him, so I knew what it was. But if I hadn't seen it, my only questions would be like, I'm assuming this isn't going to be a waste of my time. And he'd be like, I wouldn't ask you if it was. And then that's I don't, that's really all I need to know. Yeah. But again, I don't get I wouldn't give a lot of like if you guys were most people, I'd have cut this off about. 60 minutes ago, I think probably. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, I gotta go. You know what I mean? But yeah. no, this was fun. Like I had a lot of fun with you guys and I think we could do dope stuff together. Um, if it makes sense for y'all. It definitely does. We, yeah, we definitely gonna follow up with you about it. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah, let me, uh, I guess, let me actually end this. Let y'all, y'all, <laughs> is there a proper way for us to end it where it like is smooth for the edit? Like it, tell everybody where they can find you at and all your, uh, company stuff on social media. Yeah, for sure. So um, on Twitter, we're at the Hoop State. That's probably where I would, if you got to only follow us one place, I'd like you to do that because we're trying to get to 10,000 uh, as quickly as possible. We're really close. Um, on Instagram and uh, YouTube, it's Hoop State Network. We have a Facebook page, but we don't. I got to get that figured out. We're not active there and there are people there, but I just, none of our guys are motivated to do Facebook. So no point of finding us on Facebook. Our website's at thehoopstate.com. Our live streaming site is hoopstatelive.com. We got a ton of merch dropping in the next couple of weeks at hoopstatestore.com. Um, and I'm hoopstateweb on Twitter, webwellman on Instagram. I would follow the company before I would follow me. I'm just a boring old dude at this point. <laughs> uh, oh, if you need to find me being interesting, you can follow Rod Bridgers. Probably anything fun I do is over on his page. <laughs> yeah. Well, well yeah. we appreciate it. Uh, I do want to say, hold on, actually, before you end it, I do want to put one thing on wax. One day before I die, and this has been a goal of mine for a really long time, I do want to try to put a really dope outdoor basketball court with lights in Kinston. I know there's a lot of politics and and problems with the idea of that. But at some point in my life, um, I want to have a really dope place for people to play, um, play a lot of basketball. So if that happens again, we can mark this date, August 14th. Um, But I want to put that into the universe that one day I, I would like to get that done and nowhere else. Nowhere else but Kinston. Cool. Yeah, that'd be a very great idea, man. That, that court would definitely be some good use in Kinston for real. Oh, trust me, I know. Uh, <laughs> I think I was the, the, the last the, the last breed of street ball basketball players in Kinston. <laughs> the Nootsy and, and Bruton and us, that whole group. I think, I think once Morningside, the goals were taken down. I think it was kind of pretty much all over with. Yeah, well, man, we appreciate you coming on the podcast with us, man. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. So we appreciate you once again. 
Yeah. yeah, anyone who wants to, who sees this and wants to get me and Jalen new headphones, you know what I'm saying? You can send them to the P.O. box. Uh, we're, you know, we're out here connected and whatnot. You feel me? Yeah, <laughs> send them to Jalen. Jalen will send them to me. Yeah. We need two pairs. Well, it was definitely fun interview, man. Never, never, We never really thought that this was going to happen, but it did. And we're, we're very, we were very honored to have you up here, man. And before I get out of here, I just want to shout out Mr. I Do It For My City and I Do It For My Fans, Mr. Ball Like Wall. Shout out to him and the Clip Ganger, <laughs> don't bang. <laughs> he hates it, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> nah, I appreciate y'all. Like I said, it sounds like we're going to do some cool stuff together moving forward. And um, it's a really cool platform to be on. This was one of the more fun conversations I've had. So I appreciate it. Everyone who hears it, make sure to follow them, subscribe to them, like this. It's all free to do that. And that's what helps them grow. Um, tell a friend if you really want to help to be real and y'all make some t-shirts so people can buy your merch and, and run the, run it up. Yes, sir. Oh, you already got it. Buy the merch, buy the merch. You really support them. If you're their friends and you say they support them, don't ask them for free shirts, buy the shirts, <laughs> buy the shirts. Yeah, I heard it from the 252 legend himself, Will Wilbin, man. I know how that goes. <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate it, y'all. Y'all take it easy. All right, you too, man. You Thank too. you.